Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. That's the way it was. Happened so naturally. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm so glad you you are able to join us today. For those of you that are new to our show, um, basically we are about sound information, not just sound bites. We have a, a a lengthy conversation, up to an hour. It's really true talk radio and raising everyone's voice. So we like to hear from from everyone, from people who are diagnosed with dementia to top researchers around the world. And it doesn't make any difference where you live or what position you're in. Um, you have a story to tell, you have resources, and we want to help spread spread the word of that. And we want to help reduce the frustrations and the stress that people are feeling right now, especially with this whole pandemic thing. It's a very scary time. And so we know how crucially important it is to get information out to you. So I will be introducing you to Kern Cherry shortly, but first I want to just give some shout outs. I just need to say thank you to all of our listeners. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares. It's incredible what you have done and how far you have spread our work. And I hope that you'll continue to like, click and share and subscribe to not only Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, but our blog really will keep you updated on everything that we're doing um, because we have a lot of other platforms there as well. And you can do that by just going to alzheimerspeaks.com. I like to always give shout outs. And so Keith Gallus is an executive director with 20 years experience working in the healthcare industry, helping families and answering difficult questions. And right now I'm sure he's doubling down with the pandemic at hand. But he has written a, a beautiful book called Parental Dementia. And it is a guide through all the difficult questions that families have to face when a diagnosis hits their door. And so you can get that book by going to parentaldementia.com. If you go there, you can use our exclusive code for Alzheimer's Speaks uh, radio listeners. And that is Lori, L-O-R-I. And you will save $5.99. Now you can get this on any of your online bookstores as well. And it also is an ebook too. Memory cafes, I believe so, so thoroughly in them. And they're a physical group that would get together with people with dementia, usually early, mid stages, and maybe some MCI. And their care partners, needless to say, uh, those are canceled pretty much around the world at this point. But many of us are going virtual with those. And so you can go to memorycafedirectory.com. And Dave has a list of, you know, what cafes are in what state and country. And from there, you can call and see if they're going virtual. And um, I think that that would be wonderful. I also wanted to note that we're going to do a special program on Friday of this week uh, talking about COVID-19. And so if you're interested in that, just check out the radio show 
again, I highly recommend that you subscribe to it so you don't miss out on anything. Everything is archived and you can check that out at any time. I have two more things I want to announce. I was uh, contacted by the Center for Information and Study on Clinical Research Participation, and they are trying to conduct one-hour telephone interviews with patients that have MCI or mild cognitive impairment and or the person who cares for them. And their goal isn't to recruit patients for clinical trials. It's really to learn from the patient and their support network how to best improve the trial experience for future studies. And you can get more information, 617-725-2750, push extension 402. Last I want to mention is that Live to be Healthy is an exercise company uh, that used to do exercises in senior uh, communities and so forth live. They are now going virtual. So you can go to live and then the number two, letter B, um, and then healthy and find out more information about that. Now I finally want to introduce you to Kern Cherry. She's a speaker, a healthcare entrepreneur, a coach, an author, and a collaborator. And we're going to have a really fun conversation. She is the co-owner of PRN Home Care, which is 23 years old. Um, she is vested over 30 years in the healthcare field, and she holds a degree as an occupational therapist. She also hosts and is an executive producer of Unwrinkled Heart Caregiver's Journey, uh, which will soon be a podcast. So before I ask you any questions, um, kind of of the nitty gritty of your work, I always like to ask every guest if they have been personally touched by dementia in their own family circle or circle of friends. Well, yeah. I um, Actually, right now, my mom is actually um, resides in a facility um, and it didn't start with dementia with her. She had, um, she got a, um, attacked basically by UTI, which a lot of times um, most people don't realize how deadly a UTI can be, but it, it can actually create dementia, to be honest, as far as a temporary dementia. Uh, but from her UTI, we wind up uh, fighting a battle inside facilities, uh, trying to get her back home. And so uh, being in there uh, over the time frame that she's gone, she's kind of lost a lot of her just natural things that you normally expect her to remember. She doesn't necessarily remember. She don't sometimes identify us uh, sometimes. So not really Alzheimer's, uh, but more of just the, the the aging process and being in a facility as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I see it. And the other thing is professionally, I see it all the time. So I kind of have to give my, sometimes give my clients, their caregivers cues on when uh, the person may be disguising their dementia. And a lot of times people do they don't want you to know, so they do certain things to hide it. And uh, as the as the daughter or son is coming by to visit, you know, it, you don't necessarily pick it up. Uh, and so anyway, especially for us, I, I, there's a lady in, in our church, and, and she uh, 
I know she has dementia. I told my husband from the first time I met her, I said, she has dementia. And he was like, no. I was like, yes, just watch. There were just certain things that she would do to slightly disguise that she was not really remembering you, right? And so um, so over the years of being in the field, I could just pick up on certain things that she was not really, she was kind of reintroducing herself but wasn't sure, so she would kind of do it in a little sneaky way. And so I, I, I was pretty sure. I'm like, she has dementia. And sure enough, her husband eventually came to me and asked for some help. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's touched my life in many ways. Yeah, my mom was like that. My mom was kind of a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. And man, she, that was one of the last things she lost was those social skills on how to yeah. adapt and how to fit in. Yes. Uh, they become masters, masters at it. And we all, I mean, we're all very good at that, but we don't even know we're doing it. And so it is, it is definitely a skill set though. Right. Definitely a skill set. <laughs> Now, one of the things I just wanted to mention, because some of our listeners might not know what a UTI is, and that's urinary tract infection. That is correct. And oh my gosh, you know, you think that that's not a big deal and you go to the doctor and you just get a little antibiotic, but the symptoms that people with dementia can have with a UTI is incredible. I thought when my mom had one, I mean, I thought she was dying. Her head was slung back, her eyes were rolling back and her head and I went up, I was so mad, and I'm like, you are, oh, you're, you're overdragging her. I know you are, you know? I mean, it was just like, and they're like, oh, it's a UTI. I'm like, that is not a UTI. And they're like, Lori, we're going to get her tested. We're pretty sure. And I was like, oh, my God, I, what? I, you know, I was just shocked, just shocked. Really? Right. And so people and- get progressive. And, I mean, there's just right. so many different ways. Right. Yep. And you have to be vigilant, especially if they're in a facility. You have to be vigilant in asking, you know, can you get her checked? Because if if she's not really, so say she's not verbal, as my mom isn't right now. Mm-hmm. If her eyes doesn't don't pick us up when we first walk in the room, we're like, mm, something's not right. If she's not responding, if she seems like she's in wonderland, then I'm like, have y'all checked her recently for a UTI? And there are many reasons why a person would get a UTI. Uh, But the thing is with dementia, they can't express that. They cannot express uh, that I'm I'm feeling some kind of way uh, and I'm I'm not feeling myself. And so as a caregiver, we really have to be uh, diligent in, in following up and making sure uh, that they're getting treated. Because once they get treatment, they can bounce back. But I always tell people, keep in mind, if they have a, if they have a catheter, a Foley catheter, or uh, something that's uh, like what well, we call that a portal. We really call a catheter a portal for infection because people tend to always keep a UTI uh, when they have a catheter, a Foley catheter in. So, um, but yes, the, um, it's important and it's really critical when you're in, uh, when you have a person who's elderly or a disabled person uh, or somebody just that who just really can't communicate for themselves. You really need to look at the fact that they could be having 
a UTI episode versus dementia as we know it. Yeah, and I've heard from many because a lot of times um, people are just at high risk to get them. Mm -hmm. And so even when they're done with their medication, um, if, if they're a person who routinely gets it, ask your doctor if they can get tested towards the end because they might need another week on the medication so that it doesn't pop back because then it's usually even stronger. And I don't know if, if you recommend that or not, but I've heard a lot of people talk of that, um, that family almost have to initiate that and bring that up or, or staff. Yes, and, and that's why having an uh, advocate for you is critical. I, people think, and I often have to tell people all the time, just because your family members in a, in a facility doesn't mean that you can go off and just live your life and come check on them every blue moon. You need to have somebody in there on a regular basis. And if it's not you, or if it agitates you or makes you feel guilty uh, uh, when you go in there, get somebody else that can go in on a regular basis at least three times a week to put your eyes on your loved one. And I say that from personal experience. Uh, I, I really do get very agitated when I go into a nursing home because I can see all the flaws. Uh, I've worked the floors. I've been a nurse aide before. Working as a therapist, I saw even more. And so for me, I can, when I go in, I'm going to naturally say, okay, you're not, you haven't done this, you hadn't done that, da, da, da. So what I do is I send one of my nurses in uh, three times a week so that I'm not going in with all these uh, negatives when I walk in the door. And so, um, but, be, but I tell you, I pulled uh, the sitter uh, once uh, for my mom. And I regret it to this day um, because um, I had them in there on a regular basis, uh, at least five days a week checking on her. And then when I thought, okay, she's stable, she's good, I'm going to cut back and try, you know, because it, when it's coming out of only your pocket, now there are five of us sibling-wise, but as you probably have seen, it typically rolls down to one person. Uh, and so I'm thinking, yeah, let's try, try to go without a sitter. Well, she wound up with a massive UTI. I mean, it was really, the, the hospital said it was really bad. It uh, dropped her sugar to 25 when she was admitted to the hospital. And so that being said, I realized that you just cannot, no matter how you feel, and even if you're going, it is good to have that, that second pair of eyes checking on your loved one. Because again, if they're in a state where they have dementia, they cannot speak for themselves. They just cannot. And you, you're, if you're relying on that professional staff that's in that facility that probably has 30 people on that one shift that they have to take care of, you're going to, things are going to get overlooked. It's, yeah. it's it's, it's unfortunate, but it's just the way life is. Yeah, so. self-advocacy is very, very important. Now, yeah. I want to talk about um, you created and have run for years the Resource Information and Planning for Elders Conference, which is referred to as RIPE, along with a resource guide. So why did you start it? And, um, you know, what, what was important 
to you uh, on both of those, both the conference and the guide? Well, for one, uh, being in business and getting a lot of phone calls, uh, uh, I get a lot of people calling about, you know, my mom now has Alzheimer's, you know, what am I going to do? Because I, I, she already has it and we have nothing, you know, we have no will, we have no, you know, nothing. She has no paperwork. She has no estate planning. Uh, where do I start? What do I look, you know? So you get these caregivers calling who are just, you can hear the desperateness in their voice or, you know, she has home health now. I don't live there. Uh, what resources are available? Uh, and a lot of times the caregiver, if they are not here, they'll fly in uh, and try to gather up as much information. So as from a professional side and, and feeling like I can help, I can create something that will help these people that will put information all at their fingertips. I felt like there was that I see all this, the senior fairs and all that stuff, but I wanted something where I can bring doctors in to talk, professionals in to talk, and, and know that they're leaving with more information than what they came with. So I created, uh, a friend and I got together and uh, we had been talking about it. And we're like, again, let, you know, why don't we just try to put something together? And so we did, we created the uh, right, the resource information and planning conference. Uh, we had on an average, on a regular basis, over 600 people in attendance. Uh, we even added social workers uh, getting CEUs and creating um, uh, an outlet for them to come in and gather information as well. Because just like uh, the caregivers, they still hadn't had a need for other uh, resources that they were not sure that was available. And then from that, Again, you look around and you say, well, how do I reach more people? How do I keep this more than just one year? So then I was like, I, I talked to a friend of mine, who, my, actually my partner in success. So I really want to create a resource guide that has, is free to the, is free, uh, to the public. And uh, all the information is there. You know, all the, all the senior places uh, 800 numbers for all the big organizations uh, that caregivers need access to as well. And so, um, so I created a resource guide, a right resource guide as well, and uh, started doing little other um, workshops and things in addition to that. So, but I wanted to do that because I felt like people were not able to get the resources that they need. It's there; they were there. But where do you start? You know, it's like I have, they had no clue. So I wanted to help create an opportunity for them. If you're taking care of somebody with dementia, you're already feeling overwhelmed. You're already feeling like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. And mm -hmm. so the last thing you need to do is struggle with, well, mm -hmm. who should I call? What doctor should I call? Uh, mm -hmm. What what activities can I do for them? What can I, what can I do to keep them active? And where do I start? Where do I find these resources? So that was one of the reasons why I started the conference. 
It sounds real similar to, you know, my journey. I got, my mom had dementia for 30 years. And so she lived with it from 55 to 86. In the first 10 years, the doctors didn't really recognize it as dementia. They kept telling her it was her hormones. And she kept saying, this ain't my girlfriend's hormones. (laughs) You know, she knew. And, um, And I was so frustrated at the lack of resources. And that's really why I created Alzheimer's Speaks was I wanted to connect people to those resources. And I wanted to lift them and give them hope instead of all the doom and gloom and feeling isolated. And so that's really, you know, what, what we were born out of as well. Now you also have um, a program called the Unwrinkled Heart Caregivers Journey. So how did that come about and what is its purpose and how do people get involved with that? So I actually started that uh, year two of the Right Conference. Uh, A good friend of mine who's been in, the TV industry for over 50 years, Elaine Stevens. Uh, she even worked on the Dick Cavett show. So she's she's been doing this for a long time. And I told her, I said, I just, I feel like I need to reach a bigger audience. So for me, it's always, how do I help more? How do I get to more people? So I'm like, I really would like to take this to a TV show. It's just something that I think I should be doing. And she's like, oh, she said, we could definitely do that. So so year two, we actually took um, several of our, our, our sponsors who were actually speakers. You know, uh, one was an elderly care, elder care lawyer. Uh, I even had, um, we even wanted to speak to, uh, as far as caregivers, the opportunity, things that they could do to help themselves feel better as well. So the Unreka Heart, um, that was 2012, and I started off, uh, we had coordinated with this uh, TV station. I had bought all the furniture and all the stuff to get everything ready, and of course, it didn't happen. Uh, Things fell apart. But uh, fortunate for me, the the producer of the show uh, never gave up, and she always told me, keep hope. So in 2017, one of her friends moved here and it took off from there. So my goal was to bring caregivers on and to have them share their story. That, that's one part of the show. I wanted them to share their story because caregivers feel alone, you know, and a lot of times they feel like they're the only ones going through whatever they're going through. And so I wanted caregivers to come on and share their story so other caregivers can relate so that they can feel like okay i am not the only person that's going through this oh my goodness you know how you get that feeling like oh my goodness she's going through that as well so we (laughs) exactly so we would bring on caregivers for that then we would bring on resources i always had to have a section uh where there are resources in the communities that the caregiver needs to know about. These are resources that you may not know about. So I want to bring it to you. Or you know about it, but you didn't know that they offered that type of service. So that was another segment uh, segment that we like to have on the show. The other segment is typically something that's a little more fun, uh, something that a caregiver can do that um, allows them to enjoy life still. 
you know, whether that's getting your nails done, whether that's going out and buying something for yourself, uh, taking a spa day, uh, I still feel like the caregiver at the end of the day neglect themselves a lot. We put a lot of things aside uh, as caregivers professionally and, you know, uh, layman uh, caregivers. And so I feel like it's, it's, we, we need to remind them that it's okay to invest in yourself. Uh, yes, I think as caregivers, uh, there's a lot of guilt behind um, the care that we don't think we can provide or the things that we can't uh, fix. And so I feel like the show helps you to feel like, okay, you're not the only person that feels that way. You're not the only person going through what you're going through. So let's, let's, let's unite as caregivers and learn from each other, you know? So that's why. And so the reason why I'm taking it to a podcast and uh, radio show, and hopefully I'll go digital uh, TV soon as well. But the reason why is because I really feel like on a digital platform, you just can hit more people, mm-hmm. more people can tune in. Uh, I started it as a local TV show, uh, but now I want to take it to more of an international uh, radio podcast and uh, TV. Well, good for you. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that too. And it's a, it's a hard pitch. It's a really it hard, is. hard it pitch. It is. Um, because this kind of conversation doesn't fit in, you know, the typical, uh, the typical piece. Yet I think it's so powerful, and I agree. Um, we need to hear more stories. Stories are powerful. They mm-hmm. connect people. They again make them feel less isolated. I want to talk to you about um, how do we support people with dementia and caregivers right now in preparing for this pandemic that we're dealing with do you, mm-hmm. you know, what are you seeing out there? I know there's a lot of creative ideas that are happening mm-hmm. and, and yet there is great isolation and great fear that people aren't going to be remembered or maybe the person is going to pass or maybe they're going to die from this disease. Right. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of scary thoughts out there and um, a lot of, a lot of grief. And um, you know, how do we, how do we bring, how do we settle people down and still mm-hmm. be honest about what's going on and support them? Well, the first thing I want to remind people, uh, the first thing you need to do is pick up the phone. You know, it, the, the one thing that I noticed with the pandemic is that um, people, it's created time time that you didn't even think you had before because we were so busy. Our lives are so busy. I don't have time. I'll call her next week. I'll call her next month. I'll call her next year. Right? So the first thing I would do is call and check on people. That, that for, to me, has really, um, uh, checking on people uh, and letting them know that you're concerned, that you care, is powerful. Especially for caregivers, because caregivers are in an isolation all the time. Most people I talk to, well, I'm the only one providing for my mom or my dad, and it's just me, so I don't get out a lot, you know, that type of stuff. You know, the other thing is, now that you have the time, 
call them and see if you want if they want you to come over and give them a break. You know, I mean, you know, of course you want to make sure that you don't have anything, but most most of the time as they're preaching right now, 10 people or less is safe, you know. If you don't you're not sick, you don't have any of the signs, then you can be of help by using your time to help your neighbor, your family. If you're a brother and sister and you haven't been pitching in, you know, it's that time that you can say, hey, I got some free time right now. Would you like me to come over and be the caregiver while you go get some sleep or take some time for yourself? Maybe they can't get out the house, but they can get some relief from caring for their loved one. The other thing is, um, you know, um, I love this this idea of shopping for people. So I've seen that and I thought, well, you know, I've already, for us on the professional side, we have several caregivers that are going out and shopping for our seniors right now, uh, our clients that we have. And, I, and my thoughts are everybody could do that right now. And the seniors don't have to be exposed at all to this coronavirus. You know, and that's any time there's a high elevation in sickness, we could actually pitch in and do things like that. So uh, I say join in on it. Make the corona kindness, I think is what they're calling. Uh, join in, be a part of it, because that's, that's the smallest thing you can do. Now, for the caregivers, if you have not already done this, because we do not know how long this ap- epidemic is going to last, I would say make sure that you stocked up on medication so that if something was to happen uh, and they, there was a delay or something, you already have your loved one's medication. And get yours as well. If you're, if you're taking meds, go ahead and stock up. Most places will allow you to do a 90-day supply. So I would say in this case, you know, hoarding is a good thing. Uh, if you can get at least a 90-day supply. The other thing I would suggest is um, if you haven't already done this, go ahead and buy uh, certain things like, uh, you know, buy some extra pads, pull-ups, disposable pads. Um, In addition to that, you can, um, I would say, um, baby wipes. You know, I'm not saying hard. I'm saying get extra supplies. So, because if you can, when you can get it, pick them up. And as far as what type of foods to get, uh, again, we do not know how long this is going to last. So, number one, find out what they like. So, don't just go out and buy anything, because then you've wasted your money if they won't eat it. Because a lot of people with dementia, their appetite slowly goes. So, this is the case where I encourage people to buy more finger food, easy to eat things, because if you can't get them to eat regular food, at least you can encourage them to eat something. So that might, for me, during, uh, you know, I've, I'm in a hurricane area, area, so uh, we're used to making these little adjustments when it comes to food. So I always tell people, you know, um, uh, I'm not really a big fan of spam, but in this case, during the hurricane, and I mean, during the uh, pandemic, it might work. And, and things like that, potted meat and things, things that are really simple that our older population, they remember that and they can eat that because you don't know 
how long this is going to go. And you don't know how fast they're going to replenish the foods in the grocery stores and things like that. They're doing okay, but there are many days my husband, uh, who goes out shopping for us a lot, there's nothing in the store. So I just recommend doing the smaller things, not really overreacting, but making sure that you have enough to care for your loved one uh, so you're not in a situation uh, where you're, um, you don't have what you need to provide good care. And I would also recommend that um, uh, the concern right now with a lot of the seniors is people coming in their house with the healthcare providers. So I would say set a station at your door where the person can clean, uh, wipe their hands and put some uh, maybe alcohol spray or something at the door. Have that for your healthcare professionals that are visiting. Uh, unfortunately, I would say the mask is probably not going to be available for a while. So I would just, you know, have them do the standard things. My daughter, who's in the medical field as a resident, reminds me, she says, if people would just do the basic thing of washing their hand and then putting a the hand sanitizer, that will help with fighting off, catching anything from somebody else. Yeah, and, and asking those questions that, that we hear on the news all the time before letting them in, making mm -hmm. sure that they don't have any signs. But I think most health professionals know better. Um, right. But if that makes you feel feel more comfortable and confident, or you could even ask them to wear a scarf around, you know, their face. Um, if you're worried about not having a mask, it might reduce it a little bit. And or, or a bandana, as some of the hospitals have been told too. Um, the other thing I was thinking of was, you know, you you know, if you've got neighbors that might just be maybe they, they haven't reached out and said they need help. But I mean, even just bringing over some baked goods, you know, just something special as a treat, just to put a mm -hmm. smile on their face. And again, again, only if you're healthy and using, you know, good hygiene and stuff there, or um, telling them that you'll get their mail in their newspaper, because a lot of them mm -hmm. are worried about that. And maybe you even set it up where you're going to put it in kind of a timeout area. So, you know, the germs right. are dead by the time you bring them over to them, you know, and right. like a day turnaround. A, a lot of things can be really, really simple. To right. Do, you know, but right. it is about being able to connect. Um, uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, people with dementia a lot of times have difficulty remembering. So any tricks to get them to wash their hands? So, <laughs> You know, the you know one thing about people with dementia and Alzheimer's, I always say I've noticed over the years they don't seem to like water. Uh, so that being said, you may have to be a little more strategic in getting them to clean their hands. So if you can't get them to the sink to actually put their hands on and wash for that period of time, then as I mentioned before having things like baby wipes or alcohol uh, where you can put some alcohol on it and have them wash that way. That is better than nothing because they really do have, I don't know what it is. I've, I've watched it for many years, but there's something about water uh, in their mind. It just tends to, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it as well. They don't like to shower and they don't like to go near water. But if you can, sometimes just getting them to follow you. You wash your hands while they're washing their hands. 
stand with them at the sink and hopefully they'll do that. If not, then go to the next method. And that's why I said using something like baby wipes and then putting maybe some alcohol on it because it's, you know, let's face it, things like that help kill germs. Those are basic things. And really, if they're only around you every day, I mean, it's, it's their exposure is minimal anyway. So I would suggest, but that would be my suggestion. It's just something that, you know, I tried. It works uh, to get them to do that. But uh, getting them to actually do other things with water is a little limiting, a little limiting when you're dealing with dementia clients. Any tricks in terms of how to still stay connected when, when communities are on lockdown and families aren't allowed in right now? So one of the things, and I, I, meant, I meant to mention this earlier. So one of the suggestions, going back to your neighbors too, is if they're not doing Facebook Live or anything like that, help them set that up. You know, even if they don't have a Facebook page as a neighbor, you can help them get a presence so that they can talk to their loved ones. Because there are a lot of people who still don't have uh, a presence uh, online. I would, um, one of the things that the facility that my mom is at mentioned is that they were going to set up a Skype so that you can actually see the person. So to me, if you have a parent who is, um, has dementia, you know how the pictures have always helped them remember. I would also do that with, um, with, with Facebook Live, I would have them interact with their uh, their son or their daughter. They maybe it's. I would not recommend everybody coming by to visit right now. I would recommend connecting them to or getting on Facebook or Skype or even you know. In this matter, you can do a Zoom, you know. But you'll have to set it up, you know, and allow them to interact. You know, because uh, there are a lot of people that have dementia that are not totally uh, gone. They just have, um, you know, some forgetfulness as well. So I would, this format here, having, being able to get online and add 10 people, uh, I think to me, that's a good, another good way to do it. I don't know if conference calling is good because they can't see anybody. It's the visual that really helps them. Yeah. So that would be a, it would be fun to do it that way as well. So that's just a suggestion in my opinion. Yeah, there's also um, a platform called Marco Polo. And, oh, that, yeah. and that's where the community or the family can shoot a video. You don't have mm -hmm. to set up a time because sometimes mm -hmm. the convenience times it makes it more complicated. Right. Um, but you can set up a video and send it to them. They can watch it and then they can send you another one back. Yeah. And then those stay on their phone and it's for, it's a free app just called yeah. Marco Polo. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a fun one. I know a lot of the young kids use it. So if you don't know how to do it, maybe ask your kids or your grandkids <laughs> to help right. set that up. Um, but I think it's, it, you know, it's about being creative. I interviewed a, a woman the other day and she said she just got um, a picture of her husband who had a sign on his lap saying, I love you, Sue on it. And he had this oh, wow. big smile on his face and this glint in his eyes. And she says, I, I, that just melted my heart. 
right know? and so it doesn't always even have to be a live interaction it can just be a picture and it might be even pictures from the past that the community has with activities mm. that they used to do for memories or um or a text saying you know your your dad told us that same joke and we all laughed again today right. he, you know exactly. he's so joyful with it we are but you know it's important to connect to to the families because they're they're really really struggling and it's important for communities i think to also um connect with their potential clients too in right. terms of how are they handling this what are the adjustments in and you know what is going on and you know for me i'm a, i'm a speaker and so um you know everything got canceled as i'm flying home from new jersey i was getting call after call <laughs> after call and uh, you know i'm really encouraging people and this isn't from a financial thing from me right. but i'm seeing this with families they still need education they still need support in any way you can bring them back to a sense of normal is yes. huge and also it, it's a distractor it is know, from it what is. they're dealing with um there are companies online now that are doing exercise programs music programs mm -hmm. um worship programs all kinds of things in fact i just reached out to a gal here locally who is doing uh, she was just going to roll out de a dementia friendly worship and i reached out to her and i said i've got the platform do you want to do it online exactly and you know this is a a great opportunity to get creative you know if mm -hmm. you're able to sew maybe you're going to help make masks or mm -hmm. maybe you're going to there's there's so many needs you know maybe yeah. you're a crocheter and you're going to do prayer shawls or something for people that just mm -hmm. need a little calm you know sent to them there it, it's endless what what we can do for one another and we all have different talents and different interests and they're all valuable and they can all be utilized. Um, yeah. And I saw um, the other day I was online and somebody said, for those of you who have the iPad, iPods? Uh, yeah. iPad? The pod, oh, pod. oh, the pods are for the, the music. music. Yes. They were suggesting if you have, if you have or you, or you can upload musics from the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, people with dementia connect with their past they they so when you're talking um say for instance somebody in their 80s they're gonna the music from the 30s and 40s and stuff are gonna that's gonna reminisce they're gonna remember that so they're saying donate those to the facilities because people can listen to the music you know it keeps them feeling a little alive hearing something uh just some something to keep them interactive even if it's not getting up and moving you know at least the music is calming to hear something from you know the 50s that remind yeah. them from you know when they were younger so that's that's another way i know we've taken in music we've taken in um uh uh the uh you know sermons so that people can hear those as well so that is something to do with the dementia uh, clients. And you'd be surprised. I remember we had an adult. We used to have an adult daycare center. I don't know if I ever mentioned that. But uh, one of the things that um, we would do is go over a little Bible trivia and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you'd be surprised how many people with dementia 
can remember biblical things, you know, and incorporating that to get their minds to just start churning. Because sometimes they're just sitting there all day long with nothing. So that was, uh, we used to incorporate uh, biblical trivia, trivia questions. And they would respond. You'd be surprised. We had one lady who would not talk. But finally, after weeks and weeks, she finally said Jesus. And I was like, wow. Okay. So you never know what's going to touch their mind. Uh, so that's, that's, that's just something you can try. If you haven't tried it, try it. Yeah. There's a, there's a company called Alzheimer's Music Connect. Mm-hmm. And they have all different kinds of, of CDs with all different kinds of genre. But they also have, you know, religious scores and stuff as mm-hmm. well. And their music has some kind of patented thing in that's supposed to, when people listen to it, it's supposed to help them connect for about three hours afterwards, according to their study. Um, So it's real easy to find just all, you know, just Google Alzheimer's Music Connect. Uh And that's something you can order. Um, Some people are doing meditations. You can find a lot of those just even online or YouTube are free. And then... I heard somebody saying the other day that they were they were playing video Yahtzee. I heard somebody's going online with uh, trivia games, and mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a DJ. I I don't know more um, more uh, probably our age um, and, right. and younger, but he had like a hundred thousand people. He did an eight hour spin party, basically wow. playing playing his music, and he played a little bit of everything. But he had a hundred thousand people around the world, you know, wow. join that. So, you know, if you have an idea out there, try it. Exactly. You don't know it's, where you don't know where it'll go. Right. I I think it's the age of get your digital platform. If mm-hmm. you don't have one, it's time to create one. If you have information to share, this is the opportunity to to create it and put it out there. People exactly. are looking and they have the time to look at it now. So, you know, for us caregivers that are out there to have tons of ideas to share with other caregivers, this is the time to get it out there. Yeah. You know, share. We just have to pray that the internet doesn't crash from oh. all the use, you know, because I know here in Minnesota, we're starting to see, um, and I've been talking with people all around the world on this, mm-hmm. and they're, they're starting to see what they call burps you know, in connections. And I said, but the beauty of the burp is that it gets everybody off their pedestal of of wanting everything to be perfect. And people are becoming more patient and more accepting. And oh my gosh, that's a beautiful gift for the world. We really do need that badly. So embrace those burps. Uh, I love it when I, when I was, when I first started doing this, people with dementia, if we'd get disconnected or something, they're like, that is so minor in my life. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, it was like, that's not even on the radar. I can call back in, you know, right. or I can reconnect. It's like, this is not a big deal in comparison to everything else I'm dealing with. So, you know, when we put it in perspective, um, mm-hmm. you know, it can make you smile and go, okay, we'll see you in a few. <laughs> you exactly. Um, Just get back on. Yeah. Yep. Just like when your, your phone call gets disconnected. Well, this has just been such a, a great conversation. I so appreciate all the work that you're doing and I feel so aligned with, 
with your mission and, and, and so forth. Now, people can get a hold of you. We've got lots of links. I'm just going to name a few of them here. The main website is prnhomecareservices.com. That's prnhomecareservices.com. And then you can get a hold of Kern at prnhomecareservices.com. And then you can be reached on Facebook through your company name or through your um, your website is just your name as well, currentcherry.com. Correct. Well, in wrapping up, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you will continue to like, click, and share this episode and others. Always know that all of our episodes are archived for your convenience, and you can always go to alzheimerspeaks.com for more information on projects and initiatives. Stay safe and stay healthy, and don't forget to wash those hands. Bye now. Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.